Hey everybody, I'm Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Sorry for the recording probably being very weird for the past couple episodes because I didn't know that the mic was transferring to my webcam and wasn't actually on the cool, awesome condenser mic that I've been using, um, before, supposed to be using. But um, before we get started, I just wanted to thank everybody who's listened to the um, Expand Your Horizon um, Sunday edition and also the Baki Hanma Sunday edition. The Baki Hanma Sunday edition is a little bit more what I want to do with this main podcast. I want to keep it a little bit tight, a lot tighter, a little, a little shorter, and just generally less me zoning out in audio form about anime because I think that you guys probably want more um, informed, more compressed opinion opinions in the form of my opinion. On that note, we're going to talk about um, a show that I certainly have opinions about, and that is a little show called Soul Eater. Not I, I think the explanation point is canonically part of the title, but Soul Eater Not. Now, as many of you probably listening to this, you know that I've covered Soul Leader on the podcast before. Um, and if you don't, you can definitely go listen to that. And I suggest going to listen to that before you listen to this podcast, not just because I want more listens on an episode on an episode in the feed, but I think it's a good um, it would be a good companion to this because the big problem with Soul Leader not is that it doesn't feel like a good companion to the original 50 episode so thing that is Soul Eater. Soul Eater as a show and as a property is pretty highly regarded for a bunch of different reasons. And um, that those reasons are primarily when I talked about Soul Eater, which was actually not that long ago, um, it it's stunning because it's a female it's a female lead shonen action show. 
that focuses on that focuses really on courage and what that courage looks like. And but also there's a point in Soul Eater, kind of at the halfway mark, where they start to dramatically expand the cat and they include, among other things, like people of different backgrounds. There's a character who is just straight up just a really well done black guy in anime. Um, like this is a black character in the mode of something like Bleach or Black Lagoon. Not a black character in the mode of something like, say, um, what's it called? Um, Dragon Ball Z. And the long and short of it is, is that it's really difficult to make a prequel for a show. Because if you make a prequel for any property, not even an anime, you have, you are bound by the stuff that happens in the actual in the actual thing that followed it a perfect example of this is a show called is a show called Gotham that's what I I'm not sure if it's still running but um when I watched it you had this profound sense of like something's missing here and that's because Gotham is a prequel series to the world of Batman it's a prequel to, and it follows young Bruce Wayne, I think, it follows young Bruce Wayne just after his parents have died. And just after, the, um, I think Tom and Marsha are his parents' names, um, although I could be totally wrong, um, just after the Wayne parents have died and he's like alone with Alfred and the bad, bad world of Gotham City. And what that has a problem with is you have to get to all of these big characters in Batman. You don't have to just get to Batman like you think. You have to get to Commissioner Gordon. More importantly, you have to get to characters like the Joker. And if you watch the first season of that, they set up these characters who will become the like the big bad character of the Joker, the Penguin, all this other all these other big bad guys in the um Batman and also greater DC Rogues Gallery. And the problem there is, is that like all these characters have tons of different backstories. Like there are version there are versions of I believe there are versions of the Joker storyline that don't include him being dunked in acid, but do are nonetheless like considered to be origin stories for the Joker. Um, there is an origin movie for Catwoman that featured Halle Berry and is notoriously bad. But my point is that when you make a sequel show for a big property for any property you're bound by that pro what has happened in that property in the future and there are two ways you can go with sequels you can either do a kind of in the world of situation or you can do a these are these characters before you before you met them originally and this is their lives 
leading up to this first scene of um, Soul Eater. Only the problem with Soul Eater not is they they try to have it both ways. They introduce a character. First off, they follow a character who's a weapon. And if you know anything about Soul Eater, there are two classes of um, people in the Death Weapon Meister Academy. There are Meisters, who are like people who wield weapons, and then there are weapons who are people who can, tr who, due to genetic inheritance, basically can transform into actual weapons like swords and scythes and like guns in some cases. There's a, there are characters who um, transform into gauntlets that spew fire and lightning. There are characters um, who transform into, um, I think, what's it called? Um, like lanterns that shoot fire. There's all kinds of weird shit that characters transform into in that show. And so you're following a weapon. And the first thing is that they start to introduce elements that they didn't play with in the original Soul Eater. So in the original Soul Eater, they make this big deal of, like, Maka having an absentee mother that she cared for and she loved, and her mother keeps sending her postcard. But the end of the day, she's an absentee fucking mother. And, but Maka also has a father who is hilariously a weapon, and he is just a, just a cheating sack of shit, who <laughs> is trying very earnestly to care for his daughter, who is just livid with him because they very recently divorced. Like, his, his, her parents very recently divorced. And really hammer that through, like, a month before... Like, a month before you meet Maka, her parents were still married. <laughs> um, but... And they build that relationship pretty solidly. Like, Maka may hate her dad, but she still calls him Papa. And it's like, she still... There's an affection still there. And, like, when she's at... Like, she's at a loose end... She still goes to her dad for emotional support because at the end of the day, he's still her, he's still her dad, even if he is a cheating sack of shit. Um, but it, in this show, they you meet the main character's parents for uh, for a brief moment, um, and it's just enough time for them to send her off to the Death Weapon Meister Academy because. The thing that she realizes is one day she's, like, walking around the house and her foot just transforms into, like, the end of a halberd. And she falls over. And her mom's like, oh, you're a weapon person. We should send you to that special place that the world send kids like you to learn how to control your transformation so you don't just, like, lose it in the middle of, like, walking down the street one day. Just, like, transform into a god knows what and sit there for an hour. Because <laughs> that's not great. And the... So that's, that's your way in. And then you meet two other characters. And the two other characters are... Meisters. And two other characters are this girl from a very high... Falutin high society family in this world and a character who's just a forgetful dumbass 
And the other thing I want to bring up here is one of the core things about um, the original Soul Eater that I really liked is that all of the all of the teams, almost all, most of the teams, with the exception of Ox and I forget who his partner is, are male-female teams. Only the way it's treated is not like it's a romantic thing. It's not like, um, what's that show where they butt pilot, um, that everybody thought was going to be good and no, and that the show is zero two in it. Um, that show, the partnership is meant to be like marriage and it's meant to be creepy and it's meant to be overtly sexual in the text of the show. And they make a point of that by like, two female pilots cannot pilot together because that would throw off the energy of some homophobic bullshit. Which they, like, call out on the show, like, no, no, like, that, that's homophobic, and the, those two characters end up getting married at some point in the show. Um, but... The... It's, this show is about, like, in some ways... Um, cross-gender uh, the original Soul Leader is about cross-gender um, friendship and how that friendship can be real and meaningful and like not awkward and not filled with tension and as somebody who has lost a female friend I love that because there are so many people who in the year of our Satan 2021 will still tell you no men and women cannot be friends which is Insane and horseshit. I want to be clear. But the... Other thing... But the thing about this show... This show... Is a Yuri... Slice of life comedy, almost. It is not about... The, like... Exemplar of courage and all this stuff... In... Well, at least as far as I got. Which I'll get to why in a second. It's so... It's... Totally shifts genres, which is fine. It totally shifts the way it treats the core relationship of the show and the core relationships between Weapon and Meister. It gets really creepy from like a from a like male female angle because in the first episode, in like the first or second episode, when par people are partnering up, like the main character gets accosted by this dude who's just a skeevo who's like, hey, 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 hey. You want to partner with me, babe? You, you might be flat-chested, but, I, but, but I'll take care of you. And it's just creepy. And, like, they have all these, like, weird, awkward, quite frankly bad teen romance angles to this show that you just don't care about. And, like... We're there for adult characters in the, um, in the original Soul Eater. Like, if you wanted romance in your show, in that show, there was romance to be had in the Soul Eater show. It wasn't always, like, on the side of the good guys. In fact, never was. But, like, 
Dr. Stein and Medusa, um, Arachne and Hot and um, Ashura, like those were the romantic demonstrations of romantic um, relationships in that show. But also you had, um, I think, I forget the um, Hammer Lady's name, um, and Dr. Stein are also another like version of like a coupling out of that show. And that stuff was there, but was treated with a lot more gravitas and a lot less like wishy-washy teen, bad teen drama movie. Um, and all this is to say, I didn't end up watching this entire show. I actually like kind of dropped out of it and watched almost all of Succession because Succession starts literally the front tomorrow at the time of this recording. Um, and I love that show. But, um, doesn't make me feel good to watch it, but I love that show. And the reason for that is, is that it doesn't... A, it, it contradicts the main property a lot. And B, it takes turns it doesn't... It treats character... It treats these big characters like it doesn't care. So... A big problem with um, Boruto, the Boruto Naruto Next Generations, is that last part of the title of that show, Naruto Next Generations. They have this whole show about the next generation, the, the children of the cast of Naruto. And largely, like, as a person watching that, I don't really care about Boruto that much. He seems like a spoiled, but like a spoiled asshole who needs to be dragged through the world and shown, like, you can't be this way, dude. And they constantly in that show have the original cast as either side character or main characters. <laughs> like, the whole arc of that show and the, original, and the original first arc of the manga is, like, Naruto and Sakura... Naruto and Sakura going to get back a, like, teammate, go, going to get back so Sakura's kid because she got, like, she absconded herself to go see Orochimaru to convince Kieran is her real mother. And that's super dangerous because, like, Orochimaru is... Everyone in everyone in the Leaf Village, every adult in the Leaf Village who's in charge of the Leaf Village, understands that like Orochimaru sent his kid as, sent his kid as like a sign of peace and stability to learn in the Leaf Village, and like they're teaching him, but they're gonna make sure he doesn't end up like Orochimaru, and like Orochimaru is like immortal, so they can't kill him, but they don't necessarily want to interact with him. So they're like, um, maybe a promising young child of one of the leaders of the Leaf Village should not be in his home. So they go and rescue her. And, like, that's a whole lot of fun. But it's not what that show needs to do to survive on its own. And, but it also gets keeps you watching that show and keeps you reading that manga. It's like, you eventually Naruto will show up and he will just, like, snap his fingers and eliminate people. <laughs> um, and that's a great asset for a 
universe or a storytelling scenario. It's like a pre-built world. And friggin' Soul or Not just doesn't use that to a good effect. They bring up, they show Maka every once in a while. They show Death the Kid makes appearances and is in the opening of the show. The opening sequence of every episode. And it, they don't really, you don't get much focus on them. But then there's the characters you do get focus on. And those characters are Liz and Patty, Death the Kid's um, weapons, who turn into the, the Thompson, the Thompson sisters, who turn into the um, Death the Kid's twin pistols. And he, they are so far removed for what they actually are in the show. Especially when it says that, like, this show takes place, like, months before. A couple months before the, like, the Keishin scenario. It, it just doesn't... It, like, the, the, the numbers don't quite add up. And it's, it's not... The Liz and Patty in the, in the original Soul Eater are a really fun thing because they are very clearly like just trash people who are living in a rich guy's house <laughs> like trash women who are like rich guy pets it's weird but in this show they're like shitty they're like asshole delinquents to everybody in ways that don't that don't come off as something a delinquent would do I like and they're supposed to be on parole, and in the original show, they were literally just scooped up by Death the Kid. Like, oh, you guys match when you're weapon form, so I'm just gonna take you. Like, I'm gonna take you. You're mine now. And they don't. The time frame doesn't fit there, and it doesn't fit in a lot of different ways. And the best thing I can liken the like Soul Eater not sing to is. They're episodes that once you've seen them in um, Soul Eater, you always kind of skip. And those episodes are usually the Excalibur episodes. Like, you really only should watch the first Excalibur episode. The rest of them are just kind of horseshit bullshit. They don't matter. There are, there for a, like, a pacing reason of trying to not keep you down in the gutter of, like, sadness that that show can bring you to all the time trying to like have some levity at all in like the later parts of that show but I'd be if I was honest I don't think they really work for the same reason I don't think this really works Soul Eater the world of Soul Eater was built to tell that like Keishin story and built to like be mysterious and like a like gray zone between good and evil feeling kind of world it doesn't really work for a, like, a only quarter percent serious, like, slice of life Yuri comedy. Y Yuri's Freeze Company comedy. And that's the last thing that I'll give you about this show. Is that the, the like, the, probably the biggest star of the, um... Of the original Soul Eater anime is that it's 
the relationships in the in the anime feel real. The relationship between Liz, Patty, and Death the Kid feels like a real thing. They feel like a real friend group who would always be together and always barely tolerate each other, but also love each other. That's the same is true of Maka and Soul. The same is true of Tsubaki and Black Star. And like when they're all together, they all feel like a friend group. Is that part of what makes the um, Krona stuff in that in the later part of that show work so well? Because they all like as a group are like, "Oh, this kid has had a bad fucking time. Let's just let's like be this kid's champions and like just let him slash her whatever she identify whatever he she identifies as." Um, just, like, be themselves and, like, not have to apologize for the, like, shitty blood demon <laughs> pops out of her back every five minutes to eat something. And the result is that, like I said, they create a real, genuine, not anime-esque feeling relationship. Whereas this show almost goes up to the K online of like, what if men didn't exist? What if like male characters were, but really what it is, is what if male characters were kind of almost inconsequential? And in a world that like the previous series, which is supposed to be the series that takes place in the future, all the male, like the relationships are incredibly cross-gender, it feels odd to make that decision when they could have made the decision of a female weapon being being partnered with a male meister and, like, becoming friends with them but not becoming, like, a couple would have been a really interesting story to tell. And I'm not saying that, like, this show this show has a strong enough premise to support that kind of thing. But it seems very... It seems much more progressive than this show is compared to what the old show posed. And that's why I ultimately dropped off of it. it the show just doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't land very well. It's supposed to be funny in parts, and it's not. It's like, the humor is entirely too much, like, seriously leaning on anime fandom humor, and it just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. The, the character archetypes do not feel like real people. They don't feel like, but they don't feel like good archetypes either. If, if you look at the characters from the original Soul Eater, um, they feel real. You know, like, Death the Kid is an OCD whack job who exists in the world. Death the Kid is the kind of person who has to turn the doorknob to the left 45 times before he leaves the house. Maka is a little girl whose parents went through a divorce, so she's all emotionally just fucked. And the only one who seems to be able to, like, level the playing field with her is her best friend from God, for God knows how long, who she is, like, attached the hip to. 
But if you ever ask them, like, are you guys dating? They're like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> both at the same time. And they're both totally serious and not insulting each other. And then, like, Tsubaki and Blackstar are just codependent weirdos and it's beautiful. And, like, you know, you know a friend, two friends who are codependent weirdos. It's a thing that happens. Um, many of my relationships are like that. Fuck. And just like, the relationships of this show are so, feel so surface level. They feel so unearned and like, shallow that it just, like, the, the rest of the show doesn't have legs because that's what the show's built around. And it just doesn't make you want to watch it. It makes you want... It... I have a... Then this is where I'll end it. I have a, um... I have a principle that I apply to most TV. Um... It has to earn me... It has to keep my attention. I'm not going to force my attention on something that does not attempt to keep it. And oftentimes, stuff just doesn't keep my attention. Like, I'm not grabbed by a thing. Sometimes I'll watch stuff regardless of that. But oftentimes, like, if something doesn't force me to pay attention to it, at the very least, I don't, I don't usually finish it. Like, I, lots of times, that will happen early in a show, and I'll, like, drop it, and then I'll give it another try. I'll make it through that first episode and then I'll be in it and I'll be easily persuaded in the whole mind. But I made it halfway through the 12 episode series and it just didn't... It's like I didn't care. You know, Liz and Patty don't seem like they're growing. They seem like they're assholes who are barely moving forward. You know, Death's the Kid, why is he there? And also he's incredibly mean to them. Um, the main characters, the triple, the triad of main characters, they're just three stereotypes going through the world. Um, the, like, presence, although I greatly appreciate the redesign of Blackstar and Tsubaki, the, like, the presence of all the main cast, of most of the main cast of the original show, it's, like, ineffectual. It, it just doesn't... And also, the last thing I'll say is, with as much gravity as they treated, like, witches and the presence of witches at the Academy, they treat, they treat the pre potential presence of a witch as almost like a joke in, and, and like, as a passing thing or in this show and just, like, just the pre-presence of, like, the bigotry towards the people of witches seems like that would go against the show's universe and it feels weird. On that note, um, if you like this episode, um, new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Thursdays are like episodes like this where it's uh, talking about a show or a property. Um, Sunday is um, more metatextual, more about like um, like fa the fandom or the industry or something interesting, interesting in anime culture. And until Sunday, 
I have been Alex, this has been Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you on Sunday. Oh, I can't